the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Thank you for tuning in. We have an incredible show ahead of us today. Of course, we will be going into uh, John chapter 14. Uh, but today our guest is uh, an amazing man, and I'm really happy and I feel honored that he's here with uh, us today. His name is Connor Cornuke. Yes. Nuke. <laughs> Nuke. And he's from TPUSA, which is Turning Point USA Faith. So uh, with that, uh, Connor, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself before we do a Q&A? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Pastor. Um, you know, I was born and raised in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, a kid that did not really want to get into politics and didn't want to go really the faith side growing up. Uh, my dad grew up in ministry, um, and so I was around that. He's a Bible archaeologist. Uh, he's written 14 different books growing wow. up. Um, being around that and being going to different churches around the country, I was just saying to myself, I just don't know if I want to be in this ministry side. I, I'd rather go maybe be a football coach or be a basketball player. And then, you know, growing up and going to school at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona, that really opened my eyes to how our culture is heading, going to a Christian university as well. Um, going through that, I went for a business degree, business management, minor in marketing. Um, at the time I really wanted to go into finance or eventually sales. And so after college, I did that. I, I went into sales. I went into the mortgage industry. I was assistant loan officer for about a year. Um, during that time, I loved it. You know, I was in it for the paycheck. Um, everyone I worked with was great, but something, t- the Holy Spirit was telling me, I don't know, Connor, if I want you to do this and go down this path. Um, I had my dad, amazing people around me really being there as an influence for me. Uh, and so going through that and then of course COVID happened. And that's really what I saw was going on in this country concerned me during COVID. And we'll go more in depth of that today. Um, but this opportunity kind of came around six months ago where we had some family friends who were involved with Turning Point and said, Connor, you know, you should give it a try. Uh, I think Charlie and the team would really like you to work for them. And uh, so I applied and Lord willing, I, I got the job. And um, right now, you know, I'm working in California as the uh, California rep for Turning Point USA, specifically in Southern California, Orange County and San Diego area. Um, and it's just been a blessing. I'm so excited to tell your viewers more about it. Um, but that's kind of direction where I am right now and where I'm headed with, uh, my life. So I'm super blessed. That's awesome. Let me ask you a question. Sure. How did Turning Point USA faith begin? Faith began. So of course, everybody on the show is familiar with Turning Point USA. Maybe some aren't, but the faith side really started in 2020 um, Turning Point USA has been around for about 10 years. We just had our 10th anniversary, um, and our headquarters are in Phoenix, Arizona, so we're super blessed about that. Uh, but it started in 2020 where, you know, Charlie was sitting there, and a lot of the team, they're like, what are we going to do as a faith community throughout COVID? And, you know, Charlie made the prediction. He always admits he's wrong. he was wrong about it, saying the church will stand up 
and all the church will stand up and rally against the COVID restrictions that are coming. And boy, was he wrong about that prediction, seeing how the church reacted. Um, we saw some churches, you know, that are patriots like your church and other churches in Southern California that stood up and said, you know what? No, we're going to have service. We're going to praise God and we're going to be here as a community for people. Then you had the churches that were afraid and they shut doors immediately and they listened to what the state was telling them. And that was very concerning to Charlie. So Charlie got a team of people together. And so that's how we started Turning Point USA Faith. Um, and we'll go more in depth of it, but we're really here to be a, to serve the church, number one, that's the most important thing, and be an arm for them and something to lean on where we can really be there to go out in the community and really getting these churches involved, especially here in Southern California. And we're, we're super, super excited about it. Amen. You know, uh, people or pastors, especially here in California, they're, uh, I'm going to I'm going to be straight blunt, are mm-hmm. afraid to mix politics with faith. Tell us why you believe that we should be involved in the whole gamma, the whole politics with faith. Sure. You know, I like to say, kind of mix it up with, you know, people throughout time since George Washington, we've been in a political battle for all these years. Every year, every election cycle, what's the news going to tell you? We're in a political battle. We're in a political battle. It's right versus left. Um, But during COVID, it really changed. We're in a spiritual battle. And churches need to be aware of that. But in order for churches to be aware, we need them to be involved in politics. We need them to go in their local community and get these churches riled up and going out there and get the people in their church to be more and more involved. Um, you see the church for a long time, you know, the, there's been churches consistently that have been involved, but more and more churches are going kind of standing back and closing their doors more and more to that idea. Um, and so I just encourage pastors to read through Scripture. The, the Bible, if you really dig into it, is a political document. Amen. There's so much on it. And churches need to realize that when it comes to borders, Jesus talks about borders. Jesus talks about being involved in the community. Amen. Pray for your community. And so, so many pastors have lost sight of that. And we need to get the church members more involved ever. Ever since COVID, this is what really has changed the church and to get people involved. And so many churches now are like, you know what? I just don't want to get political. Then, you know, the, there's so many problems with the church as well. What are you, what are you telling me? Amen. You know? So, um, it's, it's just more and more churches are staying up, and I'm seeing it each and every day. Um, but, you know, we're just getting started. We haven't, even, we haven't even scratched the surface of what we're doing, and we're just so happy about what we're doing, so passionate about it. Our team all across the country, um, we're just so excited about the direction of it. But to get politically involved, um, it, it takes a lot of steps. But really, with Turning Point Faith, that's how you got to do it. Um, so, yeah. Amen. So one of the things that I always tell people, because I believe— that our constitution was ripped out of the pages of the Bible. And I believe that this country was founded totally on Christian values. When people say, well, show me, I always bring John the Baptist and say, well, look at John the Baptist. Exactly. <laughs> he stood up to the, yes. to the king, to the authority and said, hey, you're sinning. Yes. <laughs> you shouldn't be with this woman. And so... They're like, oh, my goodness. And then when they talk about borders and everything, you know, I say, wait a minute. The Garden of Eden had borders. Mm-hmm. God put two angels so that the people would not come in there. And not only that, but heaven has borders, has walls, yes. <laughs> which is amazing. So how do you approach pastors? How do you tell a pastor, hey, you need to be involved or we're going to lose our country? 
Yes. Um, you know, it's it's a mix answer I get with pastors. You get the pastors, like, we've had great times together talking and brainstorming what we can do at this partnership, and it's been a blessing working with you and how involved you want your church to be. But unfortunately, there's pastors I meet with where they say, Connor, I really just don't want to get political. Um, Charlie says this all the time. If pastors don't want to get political, then they should be resigning the next day. Amen. Um, you need to be involved more and more than ever. So I tell pastors this, you know, if you're so worried about losing a few people, I mean, at the end of the day, it's okay if they, if they want to leave. You have to tell your church to be involved more than ever. More than ever throughout COVID, people needed a place to lean on. And the church, unfortunately, bowed down and wasn't there for a lot of these communities. Amen. We need to be there as a light for these people. There are so many people out there that are lost, and they need the church, and especially they need the local community to stand up. I have too many people in churches and parents that come up to me when I go to these events and they say, I'm concerned about my kid's future. I'm concerned what these schools are teaching them. I'm concerned about, especially also with these, these churches, you understand with Roe v. Wade being overturned and all wow. that, we need the pastors more than ever to be there for these pregnancy centers. And for the, I'll go to pro-life movements around the country and around our communities. We need to be there more than ever. Um, and so I just tell them those are just a few examples that we need to, we need to be there as a church and as a light for these communities. You know, it's great to go to church every week and worship the Lord and hear scripture. That is fantastic. And it should be keep going on forever. It's amazing what churches are doing, but we need to more than ever now with the spiritual battle we're going in, we need to get people more educated. We need to let them know what is really going on right there in this world and how we need to go to school board meetings how we need to go to pro-life rallies, and how we need to get people more engaged because what they're teaching our kids in school is frightening. It is. And as Christian families, we need to stand up for that. And that's what's so beautiful about Turning Point Faith, partnering with these churches to be here as a resource for you guys and to really help you guys equip the church to go out to your communities and be involved with those movements. So you just talked about equipping a church. Mm -hmm. So say a pastor all of a sudden wakes up and says, oh my goodness, I've blown it. I should have never closed my doors. I, I should have stayed open. By the way, we never closed a single Sunday. Yes. Praise the Lord. But how do you approach someone and how would you help somebody that just all of a sudden decides, okay, I've been wrong. I need to do this right. What would you do with somebody like that? Sure. And I'm sure we've run to it before across the country. Um, you know, it's okay. You know, God's a forg very forgiving person. Amen. And it's okay to admit that some mistakes happened in the past. It's okay. We're not here to judge at Turning Point Faith. We're here to equip. We're here to grow the kingdom at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if the pastor made a mistake six months ago closing his doors. We're just blessed that the pastor is willing to open up his doors to us to come in there and help equip the church and be there as a resource for him. When it means that we can provide speakers for the churches, if it means we can provide faith groups for the churches, biblical citizenship classes. It's okay. And we're here to help. That's that's our main goal. Honestly, I'd rather meet with pastors every single day that are against what we're doing so I can really help them out and equip <laughs> them. I'm okay with that. Honestly, that makes my job a lot more fun. I love Amen. that. If it's just all day, just pastors is a green, a green, a green. I'm, I'm here to really grow the kingdom of the pastors that maybe are kind of on the edge about what we're doing. And so it's okay. We're here to equip them and we're here to step along in this in this faith walk with them as a church. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm encouraging them. I'm just saying, you know what? There is a chance to turn your church around. There's a chance to give people hope to go into communities and really make an impact. So absolutely. That's, that's pretty awesome. So, Connor, what inspires you to do what you're doing 
now. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I heard your whole little story right now on mm-hmm. how you believe God spoke to you. Mm-hmm. But what inspires you to get up every morning to want to talk to pastors, to want to talk to churches, to save our country? What inspires you? Sure. Um, like I said, my, my father was a huge influence in my life. Um, he was on Family Research Council for a long time. And being around him and really seeing that, I didn't really take it for granted growing up, the, really the impact he made until I really went to college. I'm like, wow, just how the Lord really spoke through him and how he made an impact. I want to be that. But at the end time, God always spoke to me throughout college. I saw how that really kind of started in college. And I can kind of give you a background, just how the college was treating certain speakers coming to our campuses with conservative like conservative views and how they treat them coming on, blocking some speakers that came to our university. It kind of opened my eyes saying, if this is happening at a private Christian university, what's happening at state-funded schools right mm-hmm. now? And I said, you know, I've always had that fiery passion, that warrior spirit to me. And I just feel like God always had a mission for me. I've always been the kid growing up that was memorizing the senators' names, the congressmen' names, looking up the bills. While other kids were playing football in high school, I was memorizing senators' names. And so I just wanted, when this opportunity came along to really get the faith side of it as well, kind of get a little bit more political with churches, I was so fired up. And every single day I wake up, I always, you know, pray before I go out and meet these pastors. And the Lord just gives me that fire in my stomach each day. Because I just have that warrior spirit to me, and it just wakes me up each and every day. And I'm so blessed to be a part of working with Charlie and this whole Turning Point USA team with our faith side. Um, It just fires me up. These people I work with, really what motivates me every day is the people around me as well. It's not just me in Southern California. We have probably over 50 reps across the country right now representing every single state. And we are just each day fighting because I have so much faith in this country. I was so blessed growing up here. I've been to a lot of different countries. I've traveled the world, and I'm very fortunate of that. But coming back to America, gosh, it just felt like home. Mm. And I just love this country so much. And it's just so sad to see what's happening, especially with our culture and the culture war we're going through. And I'm like, you know what? The Lord spoke to me to really be involved with this. And to be there to serve the church, number one, I'm here to serve. God wants me to serve each and every day. And I'm not here to tell people what to do, what to say. I'm here to serve you. And um, at the end of the day, just waking up and making an impact and seeing people's faces at these events. Mm. I have people come up to me saying, Connor, thank you so much for doing this. And I don't really need to. That's pretty much a thank you to God, not to me. Amen. Um, And so it just fires me up each and every day. And I'm so blessed to be a part of it. And that's really kind of what got me to who I am today. Um, It's just that warrior spirit being around it growing up, and also just sometimes you just know that God is, you're at the right spot, and God just really pushes you when you're in that situation. So each and every day I wake up, I'm just so blessed for what I'm doing. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you just tuned in, you are here with Freedom with Adam Riojas, and we have an amazing man as our guest today, Connor Cornuk. Cornuk. <laughs> From TPUSA Faith, which stands for Tor- Turning Point USA faith. Um, Connor, um, again, thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just had, we went through this crazy election right now, midterms, yes. um, and we saw a lot of things happening, especially mm-hmm. in Arizona. <laughs> and Charlie Kirk is actually, that's his station. Sure. That's home base for him. Um, tell me, 
what we could be doing as believers mm-hmm. looking from the outside in, mm-hmm. especially like in Arizona. We're in California. We What happens in California, we kind of expect this <laughs> sure, stuff. So we're sure. just get up, shake the dust, and let's just do this over again. Uh, but I'm glad that you guys are now in California because it is time for a change. But tell me what we could do as believers um, especially after viewing what just took place in Arizona. Sure. So um, the thing I always tell pastors is at the end of the day, it's it's not a right or a left issue. It's not a Republican or Democrat issue. I'm not here to tell people who to vote for. That's that's a personal issue between man and God, woman and Amen. God to decide who they Amen. vote for. That's not my job. My job here is to equip the everyday Christian, their church, to be out there and be more involved in their local community. In order for our culture to change, in order for these future elections to change, the church needs to step up more and more. You see what's going on in California as well, and it's tied into Arizona. Um, what's going on with recent stuff that's passed in California and wow. and how in this state we need to step up and be there more and more for these pro-life groups and we need to be there for these pregnancy centers. But when it comes to Arizona and people listening out there, I just say you need to go to your local church leader and talk to your pastor and say, how can we be involved? And of course, Turning Point Faith is a great resource. But you as the person going to your church needs to go out there and research in the area. What can I do to make an impact? What can I do? I always encourage, look up your local school board meetings. Look up what they're teaching the curriculum there. Look up the local people maybe voting or running for council out there, the local races. See how you can be involved. See as a church how you can go out there and pray for them and be involved with them each and every day. Uh, going to school board meetings and all that. So I just tell people that they still have hope. Christians just need to step up more and more. I always say this fact that I meet with pastors. In 2020, 40 million Christians didn't vote in 2020. Wow. We need to at least tell Christians, it's your right to go out and vote, number one. That's the main thing. Go vote for, scribble the circle, whoever you want. I'm not telling you to vote for, but at least go out and exercise those rights because other countries, there's churches that are underground and they're getting persecuted. We have a right here to spread our faith and vote. You know how many of these countries would just kill right now to at least vote for their political leaders? And so I say, just go out and vote, number one. And then once you get that stuff done, figure out what you're passionate about. Every person's different what they're passionate about. There could be people that are passionate about, like I said, going to pro-life rallies. There's people who are passionate about, I'm not happy what they're teaching our school system. So there's different things that people can be a part of. And so it's good to spread it out around the church about different things we can go to and be involved in our local community. But also just pray. You know, God knows the right answer in these elections, what happens. He does. And he, it, it's, it's going to resolve. But at the end of the day, we just need to pray for elected officials. Pray that the Holy Spirit can really speak through these people. If you disagree what's going on, pray about that. You think everything's fine? Still pray about it. Amen. But we, we just need to have stronger prayer, and we need people to be more involved. And it doesn't matter what it is, but like the examples I gave really is the most important part. Amen. I heard uh, Jack Hibbs the other day sure. say that uh, blood is on the hand of pastors because of Proposition one, and some pastors didn't even bring it up in their churches. Mm-hmm. We actually had a guest from Jack Hibbs Church on the show mm-hmm. uh, the day before the elections talking about Proposition one and the effect of what was going to happen if people voted for it. And so, what do you think about that? What do you think a, a pastor should talk about mm-hmm. when we? are facing mm-hmm. such a horrendous issue because abortion, I, I don't believe abortion is 
is just a Republican, a Democrat issue. It's, it's a moral issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we spoke about it. it, had signs all over the church mm-hmm. and everything. But what would you say to pastors when such an issue arises? Uh, how would they be able to tell their church, hey, this is what's going on. Um, people could die. Children could die. What would you say to pastor? Sure. I can't speak too much on behalf of Prop 1. That's up to the voters to decide on that bill. Um, but what I can say is I can talk about life, and I can talk about in each church what we can do to be involved in these local communities and really stand up. These are human lives we're talking about in the state of California, and what's happening to a lot of these kids and how, how late-term abortion right now is really affecting California. We need to stand wow. up as a church. And we should really dig into these issues. And we have speakers that we're so blessed to have at Turning Point Faith that if a church we'll talk about later signs up, we can provide so many resources and speakers for your churches. Um, But when it comes to that, we just need to go into Scripture, number one, and read what God says in Scripture about it. And I feel like we live in a culture now that people don't fear God anymore. They don't, especially in the youth. We need to fear God. These are human life. This is, and as Christians, this should be the number one issue for Christians in all our faith groups. It is the top issue that we talk about. And we just need to get the church aware and equipped of what's going on in our community and what we can do to stand up and really defend life. And that's just the most important thing I tell pastors is just research what's going on in your community specifically and see as the church what you can do. But when it comes to that, yeah, just be there for the people. Be there for the, the women in your church. So many of them are struggling so many things right now. Just be there for them. It's the most important thing as a church we need to do. And just pray. Pray each and every day. But after you pray, then go come and get involved. Those are the two Amen. main steps. So we, I, I'm probably a little different than most pastors. I told people, listen, this is murder. Mm-hmm. And if you vote yes, you're actually saying that the murder of a child is okay. This is the child could be coming out. The parent says, I don't want this baby. And they can kill the baby right there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I was pretty blunt about it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we were made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremiah was sanctified, called in the mm-hmm. womb. Um, we were intricately made in the safe place called the womb by God in Psalms 139. Mm-hmm. Uh, John the Baptist leaped when he was about six months at the presence of God, of Jesus mm-hmm. in the womb. So for me, it's, I'm like, it's, yes. it's night and day. I'm yes. going to do it. So let me ask you a question. How do churches get involved? How do they get a hold of you, Connor? What, what if somebody says, hey, I want to get a hold. I, I've been sinning. I haven't been involved. I, I've been out of tune. How do people get involved. Sure. So we have our main website, turningpointusa.com. We also have turningpointfaith uh, forward slash faith resources. And there can be some resources on there, how your church can get equipped and involved. Um, I can also, on your website, you can share my information as well for people to reach out to me. Um, if I, I'm more than happy to share it over the radio, but um, you can reach out to me as a local rep here. And we have local reps around the whole country they can reach, but mainly go to our website. So how can they that. get a hold of you? Sure. So to get a hold of me, you can do our email. So my email is Connor dot and then Cornuke at tpfaith.com. If you're a pastor out there in the local Southern California area, we would love for you to reach out to me and I'd be happy to sit down and help talk to you about how we can equip your church. 
Um, those are a few factors. And we also have America Fest, which I'm super, super pumped to yeah, talk to the people was, about. That was the next question. But Tell us. Yes. So <laughs> this is this is the we like to call the grand finale, the fireworks show is America Fest. And it's December seventeenth through twentieth in Phoenix, Arizona. We're expecting about fifteen thousand people to come to this event. And we are just so fired up. I like to call it our big tent event, meaning that we're going to have faith speakers there. We're also going to have politicians there. We're going to have some concerts there as well. But um, we have a great, great, great lineup of speakers. It's available for everyone to see on our website, attorneypointusa.com. They'll have the whole speaker list there. Uh, you can go on that website as well for tickets. Um, tickets right now, we have an offer for people who want to go. If you type in when, at the checkout for tickets, faith, local, again, faith, local, you guys can get discounts for tickets um, for the event. And so just make sure to mention that you got it from a TPUSA Faith when you purchase those tickets. But we're so blessed. We're going to have your church there yeah, and a lot of other churches. And I just think it's such a great opportunity to witness the people because we're going to have people at this event who are not no, not believers. And they're just right. coming to listen maybe to a political speaker, maybe a Newt Gingrich who's going to be speaking there. Right. And they're, But we're going to have Pastor, I believe Pastor Jack Hibbs is going to be speaking there. A lot of other faith contributors will be speaking. And it'll be a great opportunity to witness to them as well. And so we're just so excited about it. And our faith side, we're just so pumped. So December 17th through 20th, please, please put in that code FAITHLOCAL to get a discount. We're very excited. So again, uh, I want to thank you for being on the show today. That was pretty powerful. I, I hope you stick around. I, I want you to close us in prayer sure. when we get ready to, to close. Um, give us a word of encouragement. Uh, what do the people need to hear right now? What's on your heart to encourage somebody right now? You know, you could be a person out there that says, you know, I go to church, but I don't feel like I have a voice. I feel like I just don't. But that is a lie that the devil is telling you. And that's a lie that society is telling you. You do have a voice as a Christian, a very powerful voice. The first voice is, is you go out and vote each election for people that align with what you believe in. The second thing is, is we have these sources with TPUSA Faith where we can come to your church and really equip you. If you're a person, even just a churchgoer listening to this right now, you can absolutely go up to your church leadership and say, hey, I really want to be involved. I think this would be great for our church. That's, I encourage it. But I encourage you guys to really figure out what's going on in your local communities. As Christians, we really need that. Look what's going on in our local communities. Instead of just saying, you know, I'm just a Christian. I'm just going to vote, 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 and then what, right? And so that's the part you need to fill in. What It's depending on what you're passionate on. But I just tell people is to pray to the Lord, direct them the right way, figure out what's going on in your local communities, and he'll be there to answer you. He did it for me. And he's doing it for thousands of people I meet with every day. Amen. Thank you, Connor. Thank you for being with us at uh, Freedom with Adam Riojas. We'll be right back. Um, thank you, Connor Cornuke. Cornuke. For, be, for being here and representing TPUSA. We love you guys. We'll see you back in a minute. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. 
Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Woohoo! Thank you. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just had an incredible guest, and it was powerful with Connor Cornuke from TPUSA Faith. Um, I hope that you take that to heart. But now we have the latter part and the best part of the show, which is the Word of God. And we are in John chapter 14. There's no way we're going to get through the whole chapter because this is now an amazing scene. And let me kind of catch you up. Last, Last week we finished John chapter 13 and we saw how Jesus actually told Judas and knew that he was the one that was going to literally betray him. And not only that, um, they had just finished uh, doing supper, communion, and which now we do as a church, and as often as we do it, we do it in remembrance of what Jesus did that night. But he actually, Jesus watched, washed Judas's feet, the guy that was going to betray him. That should show you and me that God is merciful and that he loves you. And he loved Judas to the end, knowing that he was going to betray him. And we also saw how Jesus tells Peter that he's going to deny him three times. And of course, Peter says, there's no way I'll die for you. And we eventually know that Peter ended up betraying him. But they're still sitting around um, at the table, and Jesus begins this little discourse with them when he says in John 14, when he says this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, that's a powerful statement. As we've been going through the book of John, we've been able to see the mindset of John and how he told us who Jesus was, God. Look at this verse. It's nothing but Jesus saying that God is his Father and that they are one, as we read in John 31, that he is, him and the Father are one. But if you believe in God, believe also in me. You know, when we look at the Ten Commandments, the Bible is very clear that you should have no one, worship no one else but God. And here Jesus is equal with God. You believe in God, believe also in me. And now, in verse 2, he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, it's interesting when Jesus says this, he's making a promise to the disciples. He's literally saying, I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Now, I want you to imagine it took six days for God to create everything we see, the universe, 
matter, space, time. It's awesome. Remember, in the beginning, time, God created the heavens, space, the earth, matter. All three at one time. You needed all simultaneously for God to create this in order for there to be an existence. And so, six days, Jesus now has been gone for nearly uh, right around 2,000 years. Imagine this place that he has prepared for you and I. Just imagine. I know that for me, it's very hard to look at something like that because when you look at the universe and how wonderful and magnificently it was created, I don't have the capacity to see something better than that. Personally preparing something for his disciples and, of course, you and I as well. And what I like about this is as he goes to prepare a place for you and I, Paul, in his letters that he wrote, actually tells us a little bit about what happens in preparation for this place that Jesus prepared for you and I. In 1 Corinthians uh, 15.50, it says this, Now this, brethren, know this, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither corruption inherit Incorruption, no flesh and blood in heaven, no flesh and blood in this place that Jesus has prepared for you and I. And then it says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, not at a blink of an eye, but at a twinkling of an eye. If you remember, and most of you know, that the sun travels at an amazing speed of light, uh, speed that is beyond our human capacity. And so it's when that ray hits the eye that this is going to take place. It isn't like most of the movies that you and I have probably seen when you see Christians floating up. It's going to be instantaneously. And then it says this, For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your string? O grave, where is thy victory? Isn't that amazing? The sting of death is sin in the Strength of sin is a law, but thanks be to God, which gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you're probably asking yourself, why are you telling me this? So that you can have this expectation of this place that Jesus has prepared for you and me. See, that's the ultimate inheritance. That's the ultimate gift is heaven. You'll never have to feel pain again. You'll never have to be disappointed again. There'll never be elections again, praise the Lord, because there'll be one king there. And there's no more death. No more sickness. It's this wonderful place, but the Bible tells you what happens and what transformation takes place. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says this, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, and we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heaven. 
For in this we groan earnestly. This is believers. This is you and I. This is those that have accepted Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're listening by coincidence, there is no coincidence today. Today is a day of salvation. Today, you can make this your reality. You can say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, make me brand new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I believe you died for my sins. Forgive me. And instantly, God saves you. You're like, what is it saving me from? From your own corruption. From your own eternal death. See, he changes our destiny when you do that. It goes into this wonderful place that we end up with. Look. This is what it continues to say. Earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For if we that are on this tabernacle or tent. The body's like a tent. Do groan being burdened not for that we would be unclothed. But clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the self self same thing is God. Who also has given us the earnest of the Spirit. Now, listen. Eternity is in the heart of every man. From birth. And as soon as we are able to begin to speak, there's something in us that desires to live. That desires something greater than where we're at. It's because eternity is in you. That's why all of these people want to be mortal here on earth, but it's not going to happen. You're going to face death. You're going to have your appointed day with death. There's nothing you could do on planet earth to outlive what God has planned. This is what it says. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we are at Home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You know what that means? That if as a believer you die, you go straight into the presence of God. Straight into his presence. That's why he says that we are absent from being in his presence when we're still alive. Yet we know that the Bible says where two or three gather in the name, there he is. This is speaking about something amazing. This is speaking about being there with him. You guys know in, in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul had this amazing vision where he ends up in heaven. And he sees things and he hears things that he can't share with you or with me. But check this out. John did. John shared this place that Paul saw. John was privileged to let you and I in Revelation 21. And before I read Revelation 21, if you just tuned in, you're here with freedom with Adam Riojas. And the freedom doesn't come from me. It comes from God. It comes from knowing Jesus. We're going through John chapter 14. And right now we're only in the first couple of verses. We're seeing what God, what Jesus went to do when he went to prepare a place for you and I, for believers. 
If you're not a believer again, today is a day of salvation. Today, this can be your reality. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. John got to see what Jesus went to go prepare because he's looking now into the future. John was a time traveler. Isn't that amazing? You believe in time travel? Here's John. He got to go into the future and see this. And he's telling us, and I heard a great voice out of heaven in Revelation 21.3 saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Look how it begins to say that. Why is he wiping away all tears? Why won't there be no more tears in heaven? Because there will be no more death there. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things that passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that as a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all these things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. Now, if you saw yourself in what we just read in verse 8, you can change that right now by saying, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. I believe you died for my sins and rose on the third day. But as John continues, he says this, And there came unto me one of the seven angels with the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away into the Spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. This is the place that Jesus went to go prepare for his disciples, and for all those that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And this is an incredible place. And having the glory of God and her light was like unto stone, was precious, even like jasper and clear as crystal, and had a wall. There's walls in this great city, and high, and had 12 gates, and at the gates 12 angels, the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. On the east gate, three gates. On the north gate, three gates. On the south gate, three gates. On the west gate, three gates. And on the wall of the city, the twelve foundations. And in them, the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city. And the gates are up, and the wall are up. And the city lieth four square in length, and is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, twelve thousand furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal to cube. Now, you know how how big this city is? Let me tell you. It is 1,380 miles on one side, but there's four sides. You know, let me kind of give bring this in perspective. You know that right now, the whole population of the world, all 8 million, billion people on planet Earth, 
Eight billion people could all fit in Alaska and they could each have one acre of land. Overpopulation, they say. Oh my goodness, don't fall for it. You could get one acre of land and put the whole population in the state of Alaska. Now, I want to give you this perspective. This city is bigger than the nation of India. Than India. It is about two and a half times, three times bigger than Alaska. This city is huge. And its height thereof is the same of its length thereof, 1,380 miles. It's higher than space. It goes beyond our atmosphere. This city is huge. Can it fit all believers? Of course it can. Jesus went to prepare this place for you and I. And let me tell you a little bit of what this place looks like. And the building of the wall, in verse 18, it was as jasper. And the city was pure gold like onto clear glass. You imagine? The streets are made like clear glass. This is what Jesus went to go prepare for you and I. Hey, if you just tuned in. This is Freedom with Adam Riojas, and we're going through this place that Jesus went to go prepare for you and I. If you're a pastor, get excited. Tell your congregation that this place awaits them. Tell them that there's something better on the other side. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third Chalcedony, the fourth in emerald, the fifth Sardinex, the sixth Sardius, the seventh Chrysolite, the eighth Burl, the ninth Topaz, the tenth Chrysoprosus, the eleventh Jasonet, the twelfth in Amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Have you ever seen a pearl? They're beautiful. I've gone where I've gone looking for oysters. I've actually gone... You know, if you go to a carnival, sometimes they have them there. And you pick out an oyster, and there's this beautiful pearl in there. Imagine something huge. There's crazy colors in heaven that you can I, you and I cannot imagine. And I, not, and I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. Now, I want to remind you that when God created the heavens and the earth, On the first day, there was no sun because the glory of God gave light to everything. And it pleased God that his glory gave light. So he created on the fourth day something that was beautiful, that gave us light. And that was the sun. But now there's no more need for the sun because there's something more glorious, the presence of God. Some of you might be saying, I don't want want, want to go to hell and be with all my friends and I'm going to have a party. There's no party in hell. That's a law. You'll be in so much agony that you won't have enough time to worry about anybody else but yourself. It's a dark place. Flames that are that are burning hot that you can't even see because they're so dark, but you are in agony. You don't have to be there. I don't wish that upon nobody. This is why Revelation was written to tell you that there's this place. A no choice is a choice. The glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall be shut 
shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall no night be there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall be no wise enter in is anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. You could have your name written in this book of life today. There's chaos in the world right now. We're almost World War Three. Look what just happened. Ukraine blamed Russia for shooting a missile into Poland. It shook the world. Look at the wars that are happening across the world. Look at what's happening in Iran. Look what's happening with Israel now. It's crazy. You can change that today. You can change all the pain that you have and change it into joy. Into joy. By asking Jesus into your heart. See, as we go back to John, we go into verse 3. He's prepared this place, and you just saw a glimpse of what he prepared. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's a promise from Jesus. You're like, well, how do I know he's going to keep it? Let me tell you. Why he's going to keep it. Because God cannot lie. You can look at scripture. You can look at, if all you had was the Old Testament, you can see that everything that these prophets ever wrote about came to pass. Came to pass. Jesus talked about Daniel. Daniel wrote about the crucifixion of Jesus. Daniel wrote about the last four kingdoms on planet Earth. And we see all that forming. It's happening. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. And this is an interesting, an interesting thought for you. Thomas said unto him, doubting Thomas, doubting Thomas. <laughs> Don't just think of Thomas like that because eventually he makes this proclamation in the end when he wants to put his fingers in his hands on his side and his feet. And he looks at Jesus when he appears to him and says, my Lord and my God. He makes this wonderful proclamation. There's hope for you and I. Are you doubting today? Doubting today? Ask Jesus to help your doubt. Reminds me of the man that took his child to Jesus and says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You can pray that. You can ask Jesus to help your unbelief. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can't get into heaven. You can't even talk to God without having Jesus into your life. You're like, hey, you're a racist. You're a bigot. There's many gods. Well, I'm going to proclaim to you that there's only one God. I'm going to proclaim to you that the Bible is 100% true. You're like, well, how do you know? It's the only book on planet Earth that tells you how the world was created. It gives us a perfect history of the world. You know, I've reminded you again. Isaiah talked about springs of fresh water coming out of the ocean. And they used to think, hey, that's a hoax. It's all salt water. You know what happened when we invented? When we invented what? When we invented what? You know what I'm talking about. Submarines. They went, when they went under, they saw fountains of living water coming up from the bottom of the ocean. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Whoa! Jesus says he's God. Thank you for listening today. We love you guys. And, and, and Connor, will you do us the honor of closing us in prayer? Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, dear Lord, you know, first of all, I just pray for this team here. Um, I just pray that this radio station continues to reach out and really just reaches the people in the kingdom and in San Diego and all across the country. Um, you know, I really pray for our country today. Um, you know, Lord, some people think, you know, we're going through hard times right now, which we are. But you know what's great is there's, there's a man named Jesus, and he's here for you, and he's here for us in our communities. And more than ever, we need to go out and spread the name of God throughout our communities. If it means going through, like I mentioned today, going through different uh, organizations in your community, going to school board meetings, whatever it is, make sure when you're doing that to always glorify God and God will take care of us. Lord, I just pray so much and I'm so passionate about Southern California, Lord. I pray that we rally together as a community and really go out there and really just preach your name and just spread the kingdom. And Lord, I just pray so much for these people here and I pray so much for just everyone listening in that if what you heard today inspired you, please go out and please be involved. And Lord, I just pray so much, and I love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, you can reach Connor at TPUSA Faith. God bless you. And know that Jesus is Lord, and he loves you. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.